Welcome to the New School of Success. I'm Nick Maytash. And I'm Julian Rosen, and we are here to turn the game of success on its head. No more hustle, no more grind. Just the tried and true principles to help you win at life on your own terms. Class is in session. What is up, dirty dogs? Uh, We have a great episode for you today. Obviously, my voice is thrashed, but you must push forward when you have an amazing opportunity. And that's what we have today with our amazing guest. And we'll introduce him and all the power that he has to share with you guys. But first and foremost, my co-host, Nicholas J. Madiash, he's got a review to highlight. Hit him, Nick. Sure will, sure will. Um, Yeah, my middle initial is A. But we'll move past that. That's they fine. don't care. They don't care. No, no. They, don't, they also don't care that you sound like you, you know, smoked a pack of cigs before we sat down here today. They're just committed to the message. Parliaments. Parliaments, my friend. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so uh, this, this review comes from uh, Jay Gilmar, and I believe I know who this is. So shout Ooh. out to you, sir. Uh, the title of it says, kiss, dot, dot, dot. Keep it simple, stupid. Mm. Everyone, everyone wants to overcomplicate how to live your best life and i'm doing a little on the spot editing live your best life but this podcast really dumbs it down and makes it feel doable easy to understand this isn't some complicated scheme it's basic beliefs that you are enough and the law of attraction will yield results put this in your podcast library now so thank you uh who i believe to be joe we appreciate it and yeah this is our subtle way of letting you know that when we are appreciated by the people that leave reviews we appreciate you we'll give you shout outs so yeah. Go leave a review. I glad think that we could, was glad we can make all this stuff dumb enough for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> we can dumb it down. Yeah. Um, oh, you simpletons! <laughs> you simpletons. Um, yeah, but today, here's the deal. Sometimes we, Nick and I, we give you all the tools. We give you the the whole toolbox <clears throat> to prepare you, so you can actually just start preemptively building life on your own terms. But sometimes a, an obstacle will come your way, whether you're ready or not something you never saw coming, something real fucking big and devastating. Um, and that's when you really have to walk the walk and actually put this stuff to the test. And we, we love seeing people who have done this because it, it man, it gives everyone else the, uh, the, the clarity to see that they have this same power too. Um, and it's just, we the stories like this, we just, there's so much shit going around that we don't get enough of this. So, on that note, I'm going to introduce my main man, Mike Chabot. What's up, man? What's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, we're doing well. We're doing fantastic. We, uh, anytime we get a guest like you, we're, uh, we are fantastic. So like I said, we're going we're gonna to dive into Mike's story of really overcoming, really overcoming. And, and you'll hear it a lot. Turn your pain into power. Turn your pain into power. Uh, because everyone loves alliteration. But like, you want to see someone who has done this on a daily fucking basis when it's not pretty, when it doesn't feel good, when it is devastating. Um, someone actually embodies that power. So on that note, uh, me and Nick are just going to really open the mic to you. And, and I would love for you to share. And I know it's, you know, it's, it's a powerful story to tell. I would love for you to share the, um, this moment, this event that, uh, really sparked everything from there, right? And I, I don't want to overstate yeah, it because yeah. I want it to come from you, but I mean, yeah, just share a little bit about where you're coming from and what happened. 
Yeah, sure. So first and foremost, thank you guys both for having me on this morning. Oh, yeah. For sure. And uh, so my story starts out like everybody's, right? I was, uh, you know, married, three kids, you know, not the white picket fence, but, you know, yeah. pretty damn good and yeah. uh, successful in my career, uh, residential mortgages, doing really well, taking care of a lot of people. Um, it's funny, and, and we can talk about this more later, but I was very successful on what society deems to be success, right? On paper, it looked good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On paper, it looked great, you know, uh, financially successful, you know, good marriage, great kids. Um, great out of hair. But, but what I didn't realize is that- <laughs> I was talking about the hair on <laughs> Envy, envy. <laughs> what I didn't realize is that um, I was missing a lot of the stuff, you know? And um, fulfillment, I was empty in the fulfillment bank. Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it until what happened to me. So um, here we go. So uh, February of 2018, um, my daughter, who at the time was 14, her Gabriella, she got sick with the flu. And uh, my wife took all three kids to the doctor. And doctor said, yep, she tested positive, you know, do this, do that. Here's Tamiflu, do all these things. And um, everything was good. She was getting better. And then one day she said to my wife and I, she said, you know, when I go, when I walk upstairs, you know, I feel like I can't catch my breath. And we we're like, hmm, that's weird. All right, well, let's, we'll go to the doctor tomorrow and just make sure everything's good. And um, so my wife took her to the doctor and he did the normal, you know, listen to her heart, check her, you know, listen to her lungs, you know, the, the protocol yeah. that doctors do. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. And she said, you know, yeah, he said, excuse me, everything sounds good. Everything's good. You know, she's not feeling better. And you know, 48 hours, then we'll do a chest x-ray and see what's going on. So we wake up Thursday morning, Friday, uh, excuse me, Thursday, February the 8th. And um, my daughter always suffered from gastrointestinal issues. So she woke up and she's like, oh, my stomach doesn't feel good. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this and do that. And then if you feel better, you know, we'll, we'll take care, you know, we'll, we'll see what we can do. You know, we'll, we'll get you to school. So I drove her to school. Took her to the office, signed her in, kissed her goodbye, told her I loved her. That was the last time I saw her alive. So what happened was she sent me a text at about 11 o'clock and said, um, you know, hey, I'm not feeling good. Can I come home? I want, you know, I want to come home. I said, yeah, just text mommy and she'll come pick you up. And so my wife picked her up and she got in her pajamas and told my wife, like, I just, I want to lay down. I want to take a nap. And around four o'clock, um, I got a call from my son who at the time was 12, and I can still hear the tone in his voice, you know, Papa, Papa. And I was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And he really just couldn't speak. And then my wife got on the phone and, you know, it'll forever be imprinted in my brain. She said, Gabriella's not breathing and the paramedics are here. And, um, you know, of course, everything went into a tailspin from there. And, you know, fast forward, I don't even remember barely the drive to the hospital, but we get to the hospital and, um, you know, the they did everything they could, but she passed away. And, um, you know, I remember that moment when the doctor came in the room and told us she passed away. And, um, man, I thought my life's over. My life's over. Sure. You know, there's, there's no way to live from here. And, um, I, you know, it's funny in those moments, you think about everything. You're like, man, how do my kids go back to school? How do I go to work? How, you know, it's the basics that we just have on autopilot every day. 
Yeah. You know, like, how do I do the simplest of things moving forward in this moment? Yeah. <clears throat> right. And, you know, look, I, my wife is probably one of the strongest people I know. Like, she's the rock. And it almost destroyed her. And, and so now it was like, okay, I just got to step up, right? So for the first, I mean, I remember, the, I remember driving home from the hospital. You know, we had to go in the back. And we had to, we spent time with our daughter and, and, you know, guys, I'll tell you that when, when the doctor said, you know, you can go in the back and spend time with her. I didn't know if I could do it. Yeah. I didn't know if I could do it, but I also knew that if I didn't do it, I would regret it for the rest of my life. Right. And I did. <clears throat> and I remember, you know, walking after we said our goodbyes and walking out of the hospital to leave. Everybody in that ER, nurses, volunteers, doctors, were literally bawling. Every one of them were just in tears. And, you know, on, on, a, on a quick side note, I got an email from a woman about a month later. And she said, you know, I found you on social media and I'm sorry to reach out to you, but I wanted to let you know that my son was working there that night as a volunteer. And after what happened to you, he's dedicating his life to becoming a doctor so that he can hopefully help avoid what happened to your family, to other families in the future. And that stuff like that just absolutely touches my heart. You know, even in this moment, when I think back on it, it just, it warms me up. So, so, you know, here I am, I went from, you know, being in a pretty good spot to being devastated Yeah, yeah. and thinking to myself, how do I live? And for the first few months, guys, I was just in shock, right? Like first and foremost, I had to, I had to somehow rally around my family and, you know, I had to set up with help of friends, funeral services for my daughter, um, you know, reach out to both schools and figure out how we were going to, what we were going to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm from back East. I was raised old school. So like after four or five days, I was like, well, my kids got to go back to school. I got to go back to school. Like we got to get back to normal life as quick as possible. Right. And, you know, I remember my son's uh, guidance counselor called me and she's like, you got to come get your son, man. He looks like shell shocked. Like he doesn't need to be here right now. Like school is just not that important. And for me, that was such a relief because I was putting so much pressure on myself and my kids and like, okay, she's right. Like that's just not, that's yeah. just not. So anyway, fast forward, and I would say probably at around month five or six, not even that long, maybe at around month four, it hit me like a tidal wave. Hmm. Like, I don't know what happened, but one morning I just woke up and it was just like, boom, right? And all I wanted to do was lay in bed and drink alcohol. And I was angry at God, at the world, and I wanted to quit. And, you know, it's funny. I, I, I was thinking about this last night. Seven days after my daughter passed away, I got on a plane with my son and took him to a hockey tournament in Colorado. And I don't know how the hell I did it. Like, looking back, I don't know how I did it. Um, but I did it for my son because he asked me. He was like, I need to go. And so, um, sorry, I don't, I'm trying not to make this long winded, but I just want to 
you guys to, and your listeners to get a feeling of where I was. I mean, I was, I was lost. I was, yeah. I was in the abyss just falling. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always a guy who was in great physical shape. I stopped working out. I was eating like crap. All I wanted to do every day was drink and numb myself. Yeah. And it's funny. I had a, had a business coach that I had used to work with and he called me and he's like, man, I've got four kids dude. Like, I don't even know what to say to you. I just don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's nothing you can say, brother. Just, you know, like just you checking in is saying enough. And he's like, so what's going on? What are you doing? Where are you at? Da, da, da. And we started talking. He's like, well, tell me about your morning routine. I'm like, morning routine, bro. I don't have a morning routine, man. Drink vodka. <laughs> yeah. You know, Isn't that was, what they're reading in the books these days? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was, I mean, really guys, it was like slap the snooze button until the absolute last yeah. second and get up only when you have to so that you can get your son out the door and get him to school or get to work at yeah. some point. Right. Yeah. And what I want to tell you guys is, you know, I didn't, I didn't work for nine months. Like I tried and thankfully I built a good team around me and they were able to keep things going. But I just, I didn't work for nine months. So anyway, so my coach, and he wasn't my coach at the time, you know, what's your morning routine like? I don't have one. Well, that's got to change, man. Let's get you a morning routine. Let's do this. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. And basically it was that I developed a morning routine, started getting up a little earlier, started working out, started listening to podcasts and, and books on Audible in the gym instead of binge watching Netflix. And by the way, when I was at my lowest point, I was probably watching 10 to 12 hours a day of Netflix. You Just were anything. A aficionado of experts. It I sounds was, like it was Netflix. <laughs> it was Amazon prime, like anything yeah. that could stream Hulu, right? Anything that yeah. I could stream stuff just to numb out yeah. is what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I know we're getting to, <clears throat> excuse me, rock bottom. We are right. Yeah. We're getting to rock bottom, and we all know, like, there's that's a beautiful part about rock bottom. It's uh, it's either surrender and leave and go away and, and totally let this thing destroy you, or it's obviously climb back up, up. right? <clears throat> so, but one thing I want to say is, and it that like loss, everybody listening to this podcast has experienced loss, mm-hmm. right? It's crazy how certain scenes images um memories are just etched in there yeah they're just burned in there and they don't go away but what starts to happen is they start to take on new meaning Mm -hmm. they start to take on new meaning right so for anybody listening to this who's like fuck i keep replaying this thing right for me it was the flat line when my mom passed like Mm -hmm. i saw that every fucking day and now i see it too but it takes on a different meaning and so for for just a shed of hope if there is anybody listening to this who doesn't matter if it's recent loss or I mean we're not taught how to grieve very powerfully I think as a society so it could be from 10 years ago yeah um it could be a human it could be an animal I know Nick lost his his dog this year and I mean it's just like when there's something that's a staple in your life and and it leaves it's just yeah it shell shocks you and there's just certain things that are burned in there. And sometimes it feels like they're haunting you, but with enough insight, and enough compassion, yeah. there's certain things you start to play on repeat that actually 
bring you closer to Gabriella or bring you closer uh, to the person you lost. So, um, and then one other thing, one other thing, and this could be through grief or this could just be any mood that we get, uh, we normalize, but like we get addicted to it. Like we get addicted to the numbing. We get addicted to the cortisol. We get addicted to saying, I'm the depressed, grieving guy. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. I, need, I need to think these thoughts. I need to feel these feelings. I need to uh, cement these habits. I need to watch my 12 episodes or <laughs> I'm not hitting my quota, right? Like we right. really lock into this identity. <clears throat> and yeah. so it's, it's really cool that you had someone from the outside kind of kick down the door and say, I know there's <clears throat> a great amount of pain here, but let's interrupt the pattern just a little right. bit. For yeah. Sure. And you, you know, it, it's, as I reflect on it, you know, he basically was saying like, and he didn't come out and say it like straightforward, but he was basically saying like, dude, you got a choice, man. You got a choice. And he's like, look, I know you, I know what's inside of you. Like you can rise above this. Mm. And, but you know, I, I was being a victim, right? Like, like, like you were saying, I was addicted to just feeling sorry for myself and just saying like, don't you know what I've been through? And trust me, there are days still now, and I'm coming up on the two-year anniversary of my daughter's passing. There are days when I still say, man, like, don't people understand what I've been through? Like, you know, all I can tell anybody listening is that I hope no one ever experiences what I have. Losing a child is like cutting out part of your heart with a dull spoon, right? It's, it's like, I think of it like this. It's like cutting out your heart and then leaving a knife in the side of your ribs. And it's just always there, right? Some days the pain is dull and other days you move a certain way and man, that pain is sharp and it hurts, right? And so, so look, I just, one day I woke up and and I'm not going to say it was overnight. I started, instead of getting up at the last second, I was like, okay, I'm just going to start getting up at 6.30. And then I'm going to work out and then I'm going to listen to something, you know, while I'm working out and that helped. And then it was, okay, now I'm going to read 10 pages every day. And then he challenged me to take cold showers every morning. And I was like, cold showers, what are you crazy? Yeah. And he's like, but let me, let, let me help you understand that if you can do this every morning and feel yeah. uncomfortable, even if it's for 30 seconds, right? That will start to build some, some thickness to the skin, right? That'll start to build some resilience. And so at that point I was, I knew that I, I had a choice, right? I knew I had a choice to either, I was either going to become this guy forever or I was somehow going to rise above it. I, and, and I, I have an episode on my podcast called the decision. And basically it just says like, you know, for me, it came down to a decision. It's not easy. Sure. It's still hard work every day, right? But the decision was to live, to learn, to grow, yeah. right? And when my daughter passed away and I spent my last moments with her in the ER, I promised her that I would spend the rest of my life honoring her. Yeah. And I woke up one morning and I said to myself, dude, you are not living up to your promise. You're not. And I took out my journal and I wrote to my daughter and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not honoring you, but I promise you from this day moving forward, I will. Mm-hmm. And some days when I'm weak and I want to roll back into the victim, I look at her picture and her beautiful smiling face and I'm like, no way, man. 
No yeah. way. Not today. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah, man. That's, uh, yeah, I, I'm just listening to you tell your story and <clears throat> I'm listening to my nearly two year old daughter running up, running around upstairs with my wife. And like, it's, it's really heavy for me to listen uh, to obviously the depth of rock bottom and what you went through. And obviously you still carry 14 years worth of memories and all of that with you. It's, yes. um, so I just want to honor you and say like, thank you for sharing that with us, with our listeners. And just like, obviously we're going to get through the part of coming out of rock bottom and moving past that. But a couple things that I wanted to take note of is like, when you're there, and, and Julian spoke to this, the, the addiction to your emotional state of rock bottom, of grief, what's, what separates people from the ones that stay at rock bottom and the ones that choose to rise out of it is the one that knows that objectively everybody else is going to tell you that you have every right to feel how you feel. Like somebody, I'm sure, like the collective people around you, like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, you, you don't need to get up. It's fine. Like, we know that you've experienced tremendous loss. And after a while, like you hear that enough, that becomes like, okay, I'm the guy that lost his daughter and I'm allowed to not live optimally. But you yeah. made a decision, like you said, with, with um, just kind of saying, okay, I have a choice here. I can either stay here and continue to kind of um, enable these, these thoughts that are saying, you can stay here, you can be the victim, you have every right, or I can live the rest of my life dedicated to her memory and rising up and, and like, you know, finding my place in this world, despite what the hell happened to me and what happened to my family and all of that. So like, do you have a, a distinct moment? Obviously you had this business coach kind of pouring into you and saying, dude, you got to wake up, you got to do these. Like, do you remember a specific date or just a specific moment that was like, this is it. It's now or never. I got to start moving in the other direction instead of staying where I'm at. I do. Yeah. So last year, um, I, I coach, uh, ice hockey for young men and, um, we were at a hockey tournament in Provo, Utah and my daughter's birthday, she passed away one week before her 15th birthday. So that was like salt to the wound, right? She sure. passed away. And one week later, here we are, we have to celebrate her birthday. And so we were at a hockey tournament, Provo, Utah. And the night of her birthday, I had a dream with her and so I was in my dream, I'm in my driveway and I'm out front and I'm like, where, where, my son's name is Nico. And I'm like, where's Nico? Where's Nico? And one of the hockey moms was there in this dream. And I'm like, I thought he was coming home from the rink with you. She's like, no, I thought you picked him up. Anyway, in my dream, I'm stressing out, right? Here comes this car up, parks in the driveway. And I look in the back and there's my son. And the driver had their head turned away from me with this long brown hair. And I was like, well, who drove you home? And she looked and she turned. And it was my daughter. And she goes, it's me, Poppy. She's like, I told you I would always take care of my brother. <laughs> and I dove through the window and I'm hugging her and I'm kissing her and she's laughing and smiling and giggling. And I said to her in my dream, did you forget what it feels like? Meaning my beard, you know, tickling her. And she's like, yeah, a little bit. And she said, she looked at me with this radiant smile of hers. And she said, I'm happy, Poppy. I'm happy. And I woke up and it makes me emotional. Now I woke up and I was in tears and it was four o'clock in the morning. And I felt like she was in the room. I felt like I could speak to her and 
I laid there in the pitch black dark with my wife laying next to me, my son in the, in the next bed. And I, that's when I said to her, Gabriella, I'm so sorry. I haven't been honoring you, but I promise you, darling, that this point moving forward, like, you know, I will honor you. And you know, it's funny that night at the hockey game, you know, every practice, every game, all these things, I'm telling these young men, you know, how to set goals, how to be great, how to, you know, achieve greatness in life. And I laid there in bed that morning and I thought, man, you're a hypocrite, dude. Like you're telling all these guys, you know, what to do and you're not doing it yourself. So I stood in front of the room and, and my assistant coaches and I said, hey, before we get into anything, I want to tell you guys something. Your coach is a hypocrite. And they all looked at me and I'm thinking to myself, half of them probably don't even know what the word <laughs> means, right? <laughs> Google it, guys. Google it. Right, right. But I was like, hey, man, coach is a hypocrite. And I want to tell you that stops now. I'm telling you guys to do all these great things and I'm not doing it myself. And I promise you that stops now. So I look at it and say, you know, that dream is really what did it for me. It was like, it was, it was really like a moment where I just knew, right. I, I just knew. And, and that's how I got here. Right. Like, I've started a podcast called My Journey to Hope because I want people to understand that, look, life will sock you in the face. It'll kick you in the gut. And you can move forward. And this is what I tell everybody. I will never move on, but I can move forward. I can live my life honoring my daughter, showing my son and my oldest daughter that life doesn't have to stop in that moment. Will it be different from that moment on? Of course. But it doesn't mean that's the end of, of life for us. And I just want to show people through my story that, you know what? Human beings are resilient, man. And I apologize if I use profanity, but human beings are some badass motherfuckers. <laughs> we and, support profanity. Go ahead. Okay, good. <laughs> we got bonus <laughs> points. Bonus points. And... and <laughs> You know, look, it's not easy. You got to do the work, right? There's a lot of work to do, but you can do it. You can rise up. Yeah. And I, you know, this is what I say to everybody in my, my podcast episodes, and then I'll shut up and let you guys talk is that. Come on. Jeez, Mike. I know. Right. Um, <laughs> is that I'm, I'm no different than anybody listening, right? I'm just a normal guy. And what I've found is that Discipline equals freedom, right? Yeah. I built these habits and these disciplines that when I feel weak and I want to quit and I want that ego says, oh, come on, man, crawl back into that hole, get, you know, I lean on my habits. I lean yeah. on my disciplines. And, you know, um, and the last thing I'll say is this, is that, look, there are days when I wake up. I mean, I had a rough day yesterday. I had a rough day yesterday, man. There's just moments that hit you like a tidal wave. And, and, you know, when you lose a child, the thing that hurts the worst is all the would-haves, all the should-haves, you know, right. all the things that they don't get to do, mm -hmm. right? That's the hardest thing. It is. Yeah. It is. So one thing I need to point out, because we're big, we love giving the people information about ego and, and how ego mm -hmm. operates in our lives. And so... You know, I'm not trying to be a dick, but notice how, notice how, 
when the suffering was at its highest, the ego was its loudest, right? How's this going to affect my life? Oh my gosh, my kids, my other kids, we got to get back to normal, right? We got to get back to normal. Um, my routine, you know, like, and obviously we're the ones experiencing the grief, yeah, right? Which is grief is beautiful and it's natural and, it, and it's the soul's reaction to this physical thing has moved on to a more energetic spiritual thing. And we're, and we're just, we're coming to peace with that in stages, right? But when the ego, when the ego is there, can't believe this is happening to me, right? Yeah. Um, I am entitled to more time, right? That mm -hmm. was something that I went yeah. through. I was like, why does that guy get his mom? He's a dickhead. What, like, why, where's my mom, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember quite recently, there's a big pivotal moment in my life where uh, we, I, me and my wife were planning our wedding and um, the wedding planner was like, and Julian, what song are you going to dance to your mom with? I was like, well, fuck lady. <laughs> like I didn't, didn't think about that. Sure. Um, and there, yeah, for a split second, the ego wanted to be like, oh, you got screwed, man. Like you were entitled to a dance with your mom. Yeah. And that got taken from you. How, what a big fucking shame. And, mm -hmm. and again, I like, I let that thought process have its moment, have its time. And I was like, how can I honor her and make this beautiful? Cause she was beautiful. And so, you know, when we, when I walked down the aisle, I had a single red rose and I saved a seat for her and I put it there. And then, um, at our wedding, I danced with, I, I took a song and I split it up. I danced with my one sister for half of it and my other with the other. Uh, we just, we just cried and just kind of danced. Like it was, it, yeah. it was what exactly what it had to be. And, but it just goes to show you, like, it felt so nice. It felt so nice to dance with my sisters, knowing my mom was there in some way, shape or form versus if the ego was running the show, she's not here. Right. Right. She's not here. Um, she should be, she should be. You got yep. screwed, man. You got, you got gypped. Um, and so it just goes to show you like life is going to unfold and whichever viewpoint you take, it's going to determine, is this going to expand you mm -hmm. or is this, is this going to um, shrink you? Right. Yeah. And so you have those mornings where it's like, you're literally at that crossroads. It's like, do I get up and do I keep these promises to myself so that I can stand in power and coach these young men, right? It stops mm -hmm. becoming about you. Yep. Or should I get back into bed because this bad, you know, life singled me out and, and delivered me this big, bad blow. Right. And it's like, it's your choice every day. It's your choice. And you're, yep. when you make the right choice, it feels good, but you're able to rise up and be that person for other people. Yeah. And it, and it yeah. no longer becomes about you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I'll, I'll share this with you is that what I've come to realize is that, you know, my, my daughter gave me an, an amazing gift. Like I spent the first, you know, I'm 49 years old. So I spent the first 47 years of my life living with wearing a mask, right? Like I learned from an early age, like I, I had a rough childhood. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. And I learned how to basically wear a mask and not share my feelings and just always have to be, you know, perfect, Michael, perfect. Everything's perfect in my world. Perfect, perfect, perfect. And the gift that my daughter gave me is just being able to be vulnerable 
and share my heart and operate from my heart instead of from my head. Yeah. That's beautiful. You know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, just to echo that point, like, I think my daughter gave me a similar gift. And, and when she came into the world, it was like, I had this mask of, I, I need to be perfect. I can't show my emotion. It's just not something that men do. It was like this macho bravado. Like I have to have this front that I have it all together. And then when my, my daughter was born, it was just like, okay, well, this whole feeling thing that's inside of me, this heart that's beating in my chest. And like, I look at this thing that's half me, half my wife. I can't help but kind of weep and cry and like just be gutted in that emotional way. And that like, and I, I love that you, obviously it's taken time and reflection and going through the grief process and still having moments of grief, but like looking back and finding, like Julian said, you have these things that are always going to be there and that like those visual and those memories of all of that, but having a different viewpoint, a different perspective on what that loss means to you. She now has this gift that she gave to you in her passing and, and yes. like you can, remind yourself of that frequently like when you find yourself trying to show up in a perfect way or showing up with a mask because we're all human and we all slip back into patterns here and there but like having this very stark awareness that no i chose to honor her and she through honoring her i'm going to be more vulnerable i'm going to open up i'm going to share what's inside of me instead of keeping it locked in and that's just so beautiful man that's awesome Thank um you. Something I wanted to ask you is at the beginning of our, our chat here today, you were kind of talking about before all of this happened, you, you had created success on paper, right? You mm -hmm. had created the, the income, the business, you had this perfect family, it was beautiful. And so now on the other side of this pivotal moment of your life, what does success look like for you? Because before it seems like there was a lot of exterior circumstantial success. There was stuff on paper. So like from that point to where you are now, what does success feel like and look like to you? You know, I talk about this. That's a great question. I talk about this a lot in my podcast, which is that, look, I, I don't, money is not evil, right? Like I still want to be financially successful, right. but it's, a, it's different, right? I, I want the financial success to be a byproduct of the change that I'm making, right? I want to help other people not necessarily just that have had tragedies. Success to me looks like this, is that if I'm living a, my buddy wrote a book called Heart Leaders. So he built a $3 billion company. And through a series of things, when the financial crisis hit, he sold his company to a big company and then they drove it into the ground and he lost it. And he said, you know, to him, that was like a death, right? I mean, sure. he ran that company. That was his baby. He loved it. I mean, the guy... The guy does everything from the heart. He's an amazing, beautiful human being. And he wrote a book called Heart Leaders. And he talked about it saying the world needs more people who lead from, from the heart and not from the brain, right? Yeah. And um, <clears throat> for me, success really is about just every day consciously living from the heart, being, living in gratitude. But what I really want to do is I want to help other people. Like somebody asked me recently and I said, I want to be a lighthouse. I want to be a beacon of hope for others and say, look, man, life kicked me in the balls with a freaking steel toed boot. Ouch. And you know, I, I made a decision and I believe, and look, I've never been an alcoholic or a drug addict, but my dad is a recovering alcoholic. So I've been around it. And 
I told him years ago before I, this ever happened to me when he was trying to quit drinking, I'm like, dad, like, look, man, it's a decision. Like you just got to decide to do it. Mm. And it's funny because he went to rehab, like, and my dad's given me permission to talk about this with me. And I talked, he went to rehab four times. He didn't quit until the fourth time. And the first three times my mom and my sister went there and you know, you'd go through all these things. And I was like, I'm not going because not because I'm selfish because he's not ready. And here's the thing to anybody listening, until you make a decision to do it for yourself, like every time my dad tried to quit drinking, it was for me, it was for my mom, it was for my sister, it was for this. Until he finally said, okay, enough, I want to quit for me, he couldn't do it. When he finally made the decision, you know, like I, I love David Goggins. I don't know if you guys have read his book, Can't Hurt Me, but you know, he talks about the accountability mirror and stop fucking lying to yourself. Until you look in the mirror and, and say, all right, dude, like, fucking time to step up. Like, let's go. Mm -hmm. You're not going to do it. And so, God, my, my podcast was born out of a conversation. And I'm recording this today from my kitchen. I usually record in my daughter's room, but I'm recording this from my kitchen. And at this very table, my wife and I had a conversation about hope. Mm -hmm. She's like, there is no hope after losing a child. And I understand why she said that. But in that moment, I said to her, there is, there is. And for me, success is that if I can continue to show people through the work that I'm doing, that even after life takes you to the lowest of lows, that you can find hope. I mean, it started with, I can't tell you guys the amount of people that rallied around me and my family. Like I never considered myself somebody who had a lot of friends. Like I thought, Oh, I have a lot of acquaintances, but man, people, sorry, my dog is, is awake now. People, um, just rallied around me and my family. It was absolutely just amazing what they did. Mm -hmm. And it was just <laughs> crazy. I'm sorry. He wants to be in this conversation. Let him bark, badly. man. Let him bark. Let him bark. We, <laughs> encourage, we encourage dog participation on the show. He really wants so. to be part of the conversation. Yeah. I apologize. But no, you're good. It, I can't tell you how many people rallied around me and my family from an emotional standpoint, financial standpoint, like the things that people did for us. You know, I have an episode called How Hockey Saved My Life. And, you know, I said this in the room last night because I'm coaching a hockey tournament this weekend. And I told the boys in the room, I said, hey, before we play this game, I want to ask a question. Who likes playing this game? They raised their hand. I said, now, who loves playing this game? And they all raised their hand. And I said, look, guys, I love the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. And I said, not just for the game, because the game has given me more than I can ever tell you guys. Like, hockey saved my life, truly, between playing and coaching and the support and the friendships. It, it absolutely saved my life. And sorry, my dog's name is Charlie. He's literally trying to pull me off the chair. He's in a very <laughs> playful mood this morning. But, you know, and I know I'm sorry, I'm going in a hundred different directions. But honestly, at the end of the day, success to me is this. Every day I continue to rise up. Every day I continue to lead and to honor my daughter and to show other people, whether it's just in my inner circle, my community, however far I can reach. Greatness lies inside you. You just got to have the courage to go fucking get it and do the work. That's it. That's what I've learned on this journey, right? Like we can all 
doesn't mean that we're all going to be supermodels and, and mega actors and, and singers. Like if you can't sing, you can't sing, right? But there's something in you that's great. You just got to have the courage and the determination and the discipline to go get it. That's it. In a nutshell, that is it. That is it in a nutshell, right? And we've talked about it before. Because of neuroplasticity, you literally can be whoever the fuck you want to be. And that thing speaking in your heart that won't go away, like the sooner you can answer it and take action on it and start to choose differently, yeah, your life will start to look a lot different as well. And that feeling of fulfillment that we're all really after. Yes. He'll start hanging out with you too. And it'll, yeah. be, a, it'll be a really good time. That's, that's the gift for, for the first time in 49 years, guys. I actually like the man that I see in the mirror. Right? Like I'm not living a lie anymore. Mm-hmm. I like the man that I see. But it's about showing up every day doing the work. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. And it's just the contrast from before to where you are now, like the, the success that you talked about before this great loss. And then after like success before was about markers that were dependent on other people. Like you were looking for money, you were looking for business success, you were looking for all of these things and you were chasing these things that weren't within your control necessarily. Yes, obviously you have power and agency in the way that you create your life, but you were looking for other people to honor you to feel successful, right? Yes. And now it's just about waking up and checking the boxes that matter to you, whatever those, those habits are that, you know, fill you up in the morning or whatever those things may be, because that's something completely within your control. Honoring your daughter is completely within your control. It has nothing to do with anything anyone else has to say. It's just, do you like yourself when you yeah. look in the mirror? Yeah. And that's a beautiful contrast and, and gift that, you're, uh, that your daughter has given you. And obviously it seems like you're honoring her in a very um, amazing way. So kudos to you, sir. That's Thank amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And and let me share one thing is that, you know, you don't have to do all these things, but my morning routine is that I get up at 5 a.m. I meditate. That's the first thing I do is meditate. Meditation has changed my life. Like I'm old school, right? I came from a family. My dad was in the military. I grew up with cops. It was like, you know, basically I grew up with, you know, suck it up, buttercup. Like, you know, boys don't cry and, you know, go get it done. And you know, so I was always like, meditation, that's too foo-foo for me. Like, I could never meditate. No way. And now it's like, my God, I love meditation. It's helped, mm-hmm. it's helped me. It's changed my life. That, that's really the reality is it's changed my life. And then, you know, so I meditate. I, I go in the gym. I work out. I journal every morning. Um, and I take a cold shower. Like, that's my staple every day. That's, that's how I start my day. And by the time... I get to work in the morning. It's like, I feel like I've already climbed a mountain, right? Yeah. And I think if you read like in, in my journey thus far is all these guys that have success on not just financial levels, but like what we're talking about, fulfillment and making a difference in the world and leading others, they all have these morning routines, right? And the, the traits that they have in common is they eat healthy, they exercise, they meditate, and they journal. They take right. care of themselves. They, they're yeah. honoring who they are and what their vision yeah. is by showing up both in mind, body, spirit, all of it, and, yeah. and not taking days off in that. I mean, yeah, yeah, we all have these days where we sleep in whatever, but like yeah. consistency 98% of the time, if you're showing up for who you want to be, like the, the outpicturing of that, the results on your life will manifest. It's just, I mean, 
we've seen it all over the place and we're seeing it with you, you know, you put this in place and, you know, over time that, that weight of the grief and the, the, the depression and just like being in that place of suffering, it lifted because you've found this routine that has showed you that you can honor yourself despite all of the circumstances that you would not, um, choose for yourself. Obviously wouldn't have chosen that, but you found a way to get out of that, um, through honoring yourself over, you know, the course of the time that you've been working through it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Take the mask off, take the mask off and and commit to some habits that, that change how you show up in your life. I mean, it's, those were the two biggest takeaways I took from you sharing is like, dude, surrender the image you're trying to project, like surrender known like the end of the day doesn't no one gives a fucking how perfect your family appears right (laughs) Right. what is real is what is the love in the room yeah no one's gonna know that but you guys right it doesn't matter what's out there um and so yeah take like on your podcast mike we were talking about like that feeling when the mask Mm -hmm. came off and uh and it's funny right we we have different masks right like as we evolve we'll realize we're like well we had this mask and then we'll take that off right and then we'll climb to another peg of our own evolution. We'll be like, I didn't, I didn't even know about this mask, but now this is off. And your power just increases every time. Your power just increases every time. Um, and if you're on this earth to impact other people, which we all are, the more masks you can take off, the more personal power you regain, the more personal power you regain, the more impact you're going to be able to deliver to people that need it. And yeah. so I... I'm very proud of you for doing that because dude, like the ripple effect, we won't even know it sometimes. Like the lady who reached out and said that your son or her son was on the floor when your daughter passed, like there, I guarantee you there's a thousand more of those yeah. and, and, they'll, and they'll, they'll be a million other more, right? From these young men you're leading from the people that hear about your story on your podcast, someone that just meets you at fucking Starbucks, right? Like, just by taking the mask off and showing up as you this you have like this force field around you that anytime someone comes into it they're better off they're elevated so yeah man super proud of you love everything that you're doing uh and yeah you're you're inspiring man you're a leader we love what you're doing well thank you and you know what i would say to anybody listening is like man we are so blessed to live in the time that we do because we have more information right now than ever, right? Whatever you want to do, you can find the information to do it, right? And, yeah. you know, some people say to me like, man, you're in such good shape. How do you do it? And I'm like, well, I work out six days a week. They're like, oh my God, I could never do that. And I say, yeah, yeah. you could. It's a decision. Yeah. I said, and it starts by like every day, just getting up a few minutes earlier and go for a 10 minute walk right? That's where it starts. That's how it starts. Yeah. Right. People, I like to use the iceberg, right? People only see the tip of the iceberg. They don't see the massive work that's done beneath the water. Yeah. Right. It takes time to build. Right. They only see what, what's above the water. They don't see the work that's being done underneath. And, you know, I feel like Man, there was a time right before where my daughter passed and, and 
you know, I was doing really well. I was making great money. And, and from a financial point of view, I was very successful, but man, I was a miserable prick. I was miserable. And I am, I can tell you that, and people, when I say this, think I'm crazy, but I am definitely far happier now than I've ever been in my life because I'm on this journey. Like I have this thirst for knowledge. Like you talked about it earlier, Julian, I never heard the word neuroplasticity. And when I heard like, Hey, the brain, you can change it. I was like, I don't have to be miserable for the rest of my life. Yeah. Right. Right. This like, isn't like an appendage that's attached to me. I can get rid of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, man, this is awesome. So like what you're telling me is if I do this work and I continue to grow and I continue to push myself, like I can change. Holy shit. Wow. Right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And man, I'm far from perfect gentlemen, but I know that I'm on the right path. And every day I try and take one step forward down that path. Yeah. And something I just want to circle back to, because you mentioned it before, but you also just mentioned it now when people ask, like, how do you stay in shape? And you said, like, just get outside and take a 10 minute walk. And you said before, when you're kind of at rock bottom, it was bit by bit. It wasn't like you went from where you were to like, let's spend two hours in the morning reading a bunch of books and working out for an hour. And like you... Small chunks, small chunks. And, and to anybody that's, whether they're at rock bottom or someplace that they just don't genuinely enjoy, you got to pick one thing and yeah. like just dig into that one thing. Once you get good at that one thing and honoring getting up 20 minutes earlier and creating some space in your day, then go and meditate and then go and read. Like if you try to do it all at once because some book told you to or because you're hearing us say like a morning routine is powerful, you will feel like you have to get it perfect in order for it to work for you. So just pick one thing and know that you're going to be an imperfect human. Show up, show up, show up, continue to do that, and then build and build and build. Because over time, like you said, with the iceberg, like it's just stacking things on top of each other. And, and yep. you get the, um, the physical product of that, that work that you're putting in. But you have to be patient with let's do it a little bit at a time. Let's just find your non-negotiables is what I'm saying. Like find a, yeah. you know, a little morning routine that works for you for now and then expand on that or, you know, whatever the habits are at the gym, do it now and expand on that as you get good at showing up and doing that one small thing. And I think it's super important to understand that because when we're talking about this massive story that you've gone through and, and evolved from, it wasn't. I'm at rock bottom. Now I need to jump to gratitude and joy and bliss. It was, I'm at rock bottom. I need to find a way to show up for myself today in a very small way so that mm -hmm. in six months, I can finally look back and say these things or, uh, you know, six months to a year or what have you, that I'm happier than I ever been, even though I've lost this person in my life that so near and dear to my heart, like that contrast only happens from little, little bits of work like showing up yeah. and being consistent, keeping those promises to yourself and keeping the promises that you've made to, to your daughter as well, that I'm going to honor you. And now you're honoring her in a bigger way than you were when you first made that decision because you just kept showing up in small, small ways. So I just think that's super, super powerful for anybody that's listening. Don't try to jump in the deep end. Put your toe into the shallow end and just know that it's going to be okay as you continue to work on that. Um, so Mike, I, I mean, we're going to start kind of wrapping things up here, man. Sure. But I just, I am just so grateful that you came on the podcast and, and jammed with us for a while and shared your story because like Julian said, we try to share all of these powerful principles and these things that we have known to be true through our own practices and the way that we coach others, but to have a tangible example of this is what growth and expansion and evolving looks like 
despite the circumstances that nobody would want and wish on on themselves it's super powerful so that is that is my bit for you and gratitude for you is like so so powerful to hear this um through a tangible story and seeing that it it can be better it can be better than where you're at no matter where you're at if you're at rock bottom or somewhere in the middle yep you can choose a different path you can choose something else through all of the habits that you can build into your life so thank you sir I really, really oh. appreciate you popping on, man. It's, it's been awesome to hear your story and obviously to, to hear your progression through it all. So thank you. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on and, and allowing me to share my story. And, you know, you, you nailed it. I mean, it really boils down to, I, I say this all the time. We as human beings complicate the hell out of it. It's not really that difficult. Right. Right? It's not. We complicate it. And it's just about making decisions. You know, it's not like you said that one day I woke up and this is the last thing I would like to share is it's not like one day I woke up and said, I'm getting up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. And that's what I did. I was like, all right, tomorrow I'm getting up 15 minutes earlier. And I did that for a couple of weeks. And then I said, all right, now I'm going to push it another 15 minutes, another 15, another 15. It's the same thing I did with cold showers. I would just finish my cold, my hot shower when I first started with the last 10 seconds, then 15, then 20, then 30. Then I worked up to where just straight cold, right? Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. build. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't, it won't last. It won't last. Right. Not, not sustainable. Yeah, and the have. last thing I want to share with your listeners is this. I'm not perfect. There are days, like there was last week, man, I've been going, 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 going. And there was a day where I was exhausted. And I was like, you know what? Today, I'm not going to get up at five. I'm going to get up when my wife gets up. And I'm going to help my, get her, my son out the door. And then I'll get my stuff done. I needed a moment. I needed a day. The old me would have beat myself up and got angry and mad and just like turned into this ugly just person because I'd let myself down. And, and that's what I want, to, want you to hear is that on the path, there won't be perfection. You'll have moments. Let yourself yeah. have those moments, but then reflect, right? Mm-hmm. I, Whether you like him or hate him, I use Tom Brady as an example all the time, right? There's a reason he is so great and for so long because the moment after he wins a big game, he celebrates it and then he says, okay, what can I do to be better? Let me look at the things that I didn't do right so that I can continue to work to be better. That's what I try and do in my life. Yeah. Right? That's amazing. And um, something that you just said too, I just wanted to touch on before we bring it to our bell as we close our episodes always, but uh, is that... You said, you know, last week you slept in and you chose to and you had compassion for yourself and knew that it was needed and you trusted yourself. And that is like from an inner knowing of what you need and like having a connection to yourself and knowing that that is is important because the old you, one that was attached to exterior things, to what other people's opinions were, what the metrics had to be in order for you to be perfect and wear that mask in such a beautiful fashion would have either one, hated yourself all day long or Mm -hmm. two, chose to get up, get up at five, even though your body was telling you not to. And then you would eventually push yourself to a place of exhaustion and just, I can't get out of bed. Yeah. And you chose, this is what I need in this moment. And that's just, again, connection to yourself, knowing that this is a priority that I'm allowed to sleep in every once in a while. And you know, there's a, um, a sliding scale of when the morning routine is so, so important when you need it. And when you can slide to the other end and say, I've been working my ass off and I just need a day to recover. And yeah. I think that's just the difference between being attached to the ego and what the ego tells you, which is I need to be up at five or I'm not a good human being versus 
5 a.m. is my preference. That's what I want. But if I don't show up at 5 a.m. because my body needs to relax, I get to still be a good human being. And like, that's just a, a, a contrast that's so, so important too. Um, so Love that. again, man, thank you so much for showing up and uh, for inviting Charlie into the, the conversation as well. It was really <laughs> I nice believe to what, hear what Charlie was trying to say was, fuck the ego. I think that's what that's he was right. saying in, in dog right. language. <laughs> Correct. That's what I heard anyway. That's what I picked up on. So, but yeah, dude, Mike, again, thank you so much. Um, thank you for getting up early and, and coming on with us. It, it's a Sunday morning people. And this man is on the West coast. So he, he went above and beyond to share his message with you. So definitely go check out his podcast, my journey to hope. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing. This guy has some amazing stuff to say. Um, and then, uh, uh, what's your what is your instagram also my journey to hope yeah it's my journey and the number two hope yeah yeah yep. so yep i mean you can't have enough of this guy in, in your world and your newsfeed and your podcast so go check him out show him some love he's he's an amazing human being so uh yeah man as we wrap up like thank you for sharing this with us and for someone listening and, and your circumstances aren't looking that great um understand that someone who went through something as gnarly as losing a daughter you heard it from his mouth. He's happier now than he's ever been because he's on his journey and he's surrendering and he's letting the masks go and he's feeling what his, what his mind is telling him to feel and he's not rejecting himself or judging himself or, and all that stuff. So we can look at him right now. He's a genuinely a happy guy and he's changing lives. Um, he doesn't look could, angry at all. If I could look like you at age 49, man, boy, oh boy. No. That is, it, is it that French Italian skin? <laughs> I don't know is? what it is, man. I need some I... Chabot in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, the last thing I'll say, I'll let you guys wrap up is just thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here. You both inspire me and I look forward to seeing what you guys continue to do, man. Yeah. So we, yeah, we thank you. Awesome. And I'd love to take a moment to thank Gabriella because if it weren't for her, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You might still be a miserable prick. We don't know. Yeah, right? so, probably. So let's express some love and gratitude for your amazing daughter as for well. Sure. So as we wrap up, guys, um, if any of this hit home with you, reach out to us. Reach out to Mike on social media uh, or, or comment. Leave a review, whatever. We'd love to have a dialogue with you guys. And uh, other than that, Nick, are we missing anything? Are we ready to ring the bell? I think we're, we're at a place where the bell is appropriate. So thank you guys again for joining us. Find us all on social, share this message, and also uh, you know, tag us in your stories because we love jamming in the stories. But uh, otherwise, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the new School of Success. Peace. <laughs>